Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. A warm welcome to uh, this edition of uh, Mansa's uh, The Weekly Beat. I'm Arnold Segawa, joined by uh, my co-hosts uh, Maggie Mutesi, joining us from Nairobi, and uh, Domi Jerry in uh, Johannesburg. Gentlemen and uh, the lady, how are you doing today? Maggie, how are you? I'm doing okay, Arnold. Uh, still in lockdown. I'm back in Nairobi and it's a bit chilled. Mm, over to you, Domi. I'm all right. In Joburg, um, yesterday was a bit cold. Today is a bit sunny, so that's good. Hopefully the week stays like that. Mm. Well, uh, speaking of the week, it's been uh, quite an eventful one. Reuters, uh, you might know them, the news agency on Thursday revealed that uh, a new subscription website will be, a paywall actually, will be uh, put up on their website. This is in a bid to uh, court business professionals. Wow, the, the, the choice of language here is uh, quite elaborate. This, uh, of course, is in addition to um, uh, other players when it comes to the media space, who have put up paywalls. Remember, uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, became the first to uh, set up a paywall in 1996. It charges a hefty $38.99. Uh, Bloomberg, quite late to come to the party, 2018, charging $34.99 per month. That's before the discounts. That's, uh, of course, for the paywall for Bloomberg. And Reuters now also joining the fray. Let me start with you, Dumi. What do you make of this uh, particular move from Reuters? They've tried so hard to keep away from this. But uh, what's your take on this? So this is something that has been confusing me for a very long time. There are also many other um, publications in South Africa. For example, Business Day, MoneyWeb, mm. and many others, right? Yeah, these guys, most of their articles now, you now have to pay to actually read them. And that's something that I've never quite understood. Why are we now paying for information? Because these publications make money through advertising. So they approach a company and say, look, come to us. We've got so many people subscribing onto our platform and our reach is uh, X number and so forth and so forth. Then from there, they then say, in exchange for X amount of money, this is the reach that you're going to get. All of a sudden, now we're having to pay. That's still something that I'm grappling with because to me, it just doesn't make sense. I feel the same way. I have to be honest, sometimes you want to open an article in a different tab because the, the tab that has no restrictions. But again, I guess I understand when it comes to the fact that uh, traditional media has uh, kind of faded in a way that... There are, you can access lots of stories on Twitter, on social media. Like the same story probably Bloomberg will do is the same story some other chap might break somewhere else. And Arnold might have to help us on this one because I know he's worked with some mm. of these publications. But I think you're going to have to find a way how to really make a return on investment because I don't think as many people still buy newspapers. I don't remember mm. the last mm. time I actually bought a newspaper, um, right. magazines. But a lot of people are consuming news online. Now, if you are online, how do you advertise when there are social media platforms, when there are Google ads, when there are all these ads? You know, how do you now position yourself again to make sure that you make some revenues, but also you stay in the business because you can no longer print out papers. This is why you usually put the ads. 
Mm. Um, it's quite an interesting story, and uh, it has been evolving over the past, uh, let's say, six, seven years. Uh, Dumi there mentioned uh, MoneyWeb in Johannesburg. I actually had a chance to work for MoneyWeb, writing for them. This was full-time, and it was quite an eye-opener because... The traditional newsroom, at least in South Africa, is fast being erased. Uh, you no longer have uh, people full time, like let's say 50 journalists going out to write stuff. No, uh, they'd rather pay, uh, let's say, a subscription to a Reuters or a Bloomberg, and then they get the stories from there. And then someone just uh, has a role, let's say a university graduate, of uh, uh, carrying this information onto the website. Now, you know, I don't want to say copy and paste, but, you know, they already have a subscription. They're not actually lying about it. They say that this is courtesy of Bloomberg. In that way, there's firm reach for less money. But uh, let me give you some stats, right? By 2015, digital statistics in South Africa did show that internet penetration was at uh, 28 million. That's 52% up from 7% in uh, January 2016. Social media platforms have a staggering 15 million users. Now, this is where the problem starts. 7 million users who wake up and access Facebook and Google and Twitter, Instagrams of this world. And this information is on the tips of the big tech companies. You know, uh, we love to call them FANG, you know, the Facebook, Alphabet, uh, Apple, uh, the Netflixes of this world are also coming to the fray, also Google. So they can target ads very, very systematically for way uh, less as opposed to your traditional Coca-Cola ad on uh, radio. So the game has changed. Maggie mentioned when was the last time you saw someone wake up and read a paper, you know, buy one on the street. Guess what? I can get my paper online. And the thing is, we've been fed for free. And now <laughs> we are hooked, you know, we're like addicts buying all this stuff online. And when they put up a paywall is when we realize, oh my, uh, my life done changed. Maybe the other thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, what do you think of the pricing? Because uh, the New York Times, uh, last I checked, is uh, close to $18.42 a month. And that's where it becomes interesting. So I'm just going to do a little math because... This thing is so exciting. Imagine, I think last year they had 7 million users who had subscribed. So if you just multiplied that by $18 that you're talking about, they're making about 126 million US dollars. I somehow even feel like maybe from this online subscription, they're even probably making more money than they ever made in print, which could be a game changer. True. But also the other thing we need to remember is uh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, um, they had a very, very good run during the Trump presidency because uh, liberal media and uh, progressives, it actually occurred to them that this is the last stand. These are the only guys who can stand up. CNN goes overboard at times. Fox News is, <laughs> well, it's Fox News. The only media house that could actually try to be as informative and uh, not really leaning towards one side. Well, it looked like it was two of them. And that's where the surge came. But Dumi, your thoughts on this particular move? According to what you said, it sounds like there's lots of power that Google and Facebook and all these other now possess. And you also say that they specifically target ads to a specific uh, group, which then makes it more attractive for advertisers. Yes. Mm. Do they get text? Because Facebook is a global company. Right. So that's one. Their platform, though, is accessed across the whole world. Now, if they're disseminating ads in, say, uh, Eswatini, how does the tax work? Who gets what? Does uh, the Eswatini government uh, get a portion of uh, the ad revenue? 
It's a big debate. Uh, not to forget what you're trying to uh, put across. Uh, that's one debate that has had uh, the U.S. Congress and the Senate just uh, going back and forth. And take, for instance, right now, Google is battling with the lawmakers in Australia who want the search giants to actually pay publishers for their content. And in so doing, if you do pay a publisher, let's say an Australian publisher, then that publisher is subject to attacks in Australia, right? So you do yeah. see the reasoning. You cannot tax where there's no revenue actually realized, right? We're on the same page. So yeah. the Australians are taking it to zero. Let's start with you paying content producers. Then from paying content producers, we can actually mm. tax the content generators or the publishers, mm -hmm. right? So that is the reasoning that the Australians are going with. There's been back and forth battles in the EU around the same thing. But you mentioned Facebook headquarters, Menlo Park in California. At the end of the day, all of these just look like overseas receipts coming into Facebook and then they're taxed by Uncle Sam. Yet some of these ads are about uh, Judge Alususu from Luganda who put up a Facebook ad. Now, was, <laughs> thing is, there's no way you can actually say the revenue was here in Uganda. Thus, Uganda Revenue Authority can tax it. So mm -hmm. that really is the conundrum. Mm, and I think, I know you mentioned something. I think. YouTubers now has started taxing content creators, even in Africa. Depending on how much money you make, I think from 1,000 US dollars, you get taxed. So it's a conversation I personally too want to really understand. But again, it shows that there's a whole new trend of consuming information. And if um, news outlets do not innovate to really catch up with this, most of them are really out of business. That's why... If you look back, even conservative media houses have actually started catching up. They have set up different ways to move with their online audiences because mm. that's the only audience left. But Maggie, when you say the word uh, innovate, I'm a bit baffled because take, for instance, late 2000s, Google bought YouTube for 1.6 billion US dollars. Um, yeah. As it stands right now, YouTube generates close to 1.6 billion US dollars every three weeks. How do you innovate against such a, a juggernaut? You know, that's almost the GDP of uh, Burundi in, uh, in three weeks that uh, these guys are generating. How do you fight such a juggernaut? That was my second point uh, to say, how do you keep the newsrooms alive? What is the future? Um, are they just dying a slow death? Is it uh, now almost anyone and everyone who's got a phone and access to Internet can now be a broadcaster? But then again, the authenticity, who do we trust when it comes to news, right? So that's on the one hand. And then also closely linked to that, in Africa, how many people have got enough excess resources to subscribe to different news channels right. just for the sake of news? <laughs> Your final thoughts, uh, Maggie? <laughs> I think it brings us to the work we're doing also like at Mansa. You've got to be different in a way. You've got to give people much more than just news. And the future of newsrooms, uh, do me, has changed. That's why today we're doing a podcast. I'm in Kenya. Arnold is in Uganda. You're in South Africa. And tomorrow I'll be somewhere in the Comoros and we'll still deliver the news. Now, previously, this wasn't possible. We had to be in the same office. We had to be in the same studio to be able to do this podcast. We're working with content creators from all over because they are at the source they are breaking the stories. They know the stories, especially in their specific countries. Now, you cannot have all of them in one newsroom, but people are creating content in different ways and people are consuming content in ways you cannot comprehend because 
No one really wants serious stuff anymore. Even now when you're talking about money matters, people will say, oh, this guy is too much serious. I want to understand money in a simple way. So I think the future is simple, sophisticated, and, and it's beautiful because then everyone has access to information. Not many Africans can subscribe to these news sites, but there are still people, you know, churning out this news online for free of charge. And again, I think you get to the point of subscription after you've grown a certain audience. All right. True. True. And from that audience, now create original content that is giving much more than just breaking stories Mm -hmm. that you want people to pay for. And that's the model. Mm. But in the beginning, you cannot do that because you want to grow an audience. You want to get the numbers that come to the website. And then from that, you can now create a revenue stream. And definitely that's why we're like, okay, with Mansa, we're going to give you news, but we're also going to give you a podcast. We're going to give you an entire package with online magazines. And ultimately, when our audience grows, then we will definitely move that way. Domi, your final two cents? On my part, I just think that these platforms like Facebook and Google, they need to be regulated somehow. So the efforts that are being done by Congress in America, the muscle that was shown by Australia, that's also something that a lot of governments within our continent should actually do and not just let our um, uh, content producers or content creators just get exploited. And these juggernauts keep on tripling their market share. So I think governments need to come together. I'm sure the AU, they should have some department that can look into this and represent. Oh, sorry. So sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm talking about AU and I know Arnold does not like the AU. Anyway, <laughs> the AU must have a department that can represent all the countries across the continent. I mean, Arnold has a way he terms the AU. He just needs to just say it instead of laughing. (laughs) I don't know what they did to each other. (laughs) My point was, African governments need to clip the wings of these platforms. Mm. If your headquarters are built by a foreign power, then I think it ceases to be relevant. Arnold, have some hope. No, that's a fact. The Chinese walk up and uh, granted our dear AU a building and said, here's your headquarters. Now, what can yep. the AU say about, uh, let's say, if Weibo woke up, or Tencent, a Chinese juggernaut, woke up and said they're coming to Africa. Do you think the AU can speak up against Tencent in the same building? Oh, tell them we'll break that building tomorrow morning. <laughs> but uh, guys, we digress. Um, uh, again, many thanks to my co-hosts, uh, Dumi Jaren Joburg, uh, Maggie Mutasi, and uh, Nairobi. Thank you very much for that. Again, our content is free. There is no paywall on mansamedia.africa. You can uh, just go and check out all the cool stuff. Um, not forgetting Twitter. That's uh, at mansa underscore media. I'm Arnold Sagawa from, uh, well, I'm in Kampala right now. And have a lovely week. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Mm-hmm.